All right, I am now recording, and this is going to be the first somewhat inaugural, perhaps, episode of the Gaming Ogre podcast. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do with this yet, but we'll see how uh, we'll see how it goes. Anyway, Jonathan, and I'm here with uh, our one of our other writers, Andrew. Say what's up. Hello. And uh, Andrew hates his mic, and he wrestled with it for a good 20 minutes before we started recording. And uh, it's a piece of, of shit. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Sound quality in this is going to be amazing. It's going to really attract viewers. Viewers? What Listeners, when you what buy your... There you go. It's a, it sounds like you're talking through like a toilet paper tube attached to a, to a, to a cable, which is That's awesome. That's what $3 buys you. It's <laughs> that big lot special, guys. Woo! And the other the other guy talking is is our newer contributor Ryan. Say what's Greetings, up. Greetings, true believers. How appropriate for Free Comic Book Day. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Way ahead of you. <laughs> All right. So, being as how we have no real layout, um, I thought maybe it might be fun to just go ahead and start things off with um, basically what we're doing, what we're playing, what's you know what kind of stuff's going on. I, uh, I'm personally working on finishing up a review for Prototype 2. I'm also trying to work through Ninja Gaiden if the fucking game will stop freezing every few minutes. <laughs> and uh, I just got some really cool headphones from uh, Minuto. Min- Minu- I don't know how the hell you say it. Oh my They're, god, I love like... Minuto. Yeah, I love great, Minuto! They make headphones now? <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess since Ricky Martin came out of the closet, that's all they have to do now. Oh. I don't know. They could be gardeners. You seem to you seem to know those guys. Yeah, I know every gardener ever. I know Juan and Jorge, and that's all they're named actually. Just oh, yes, everyone. Okay, yeah. Wow. Mex- so, also, happy Cinco de Mayo to all our Mexican listeners. All one of you who aren't offended at this point. What? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm Cuban. Okay. I'm Cuban. I can make fun of other Hispanics as other Hispanics make fun of Cubans. You know how many times I've been stereotyped when I say I'm Cuban? I don't do I would say never. That never happens. Ever. Not once. Nobody's seen the movie Scarface and assumes that's all what Cubans do. See, I kind of I, I figured people would treat you like the guy from uh, Half-Baked. You killed my dog, B? I love that, too. <laughs> or maybe Sergeant Batista from Dexter? I have been known to look like him when I wear a fedora and a goatee. And possibly a bowling shirt and mm-hmm. go to strip clubs and get pissed drunk. That's all things I do. I am a huge fan of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not much else so to that, do tell. But anyway, that said, uh, Minuto headphones. Min, I don't know how you say it. It's M-U-N-I-T-I-O, Minuto. Munidio. Minito. I don't know. They're bullets, though. They look like ammo. And that's awesome as shit. That you wear if on you your guys head? haven't seen these yet, you you've got to check them out. They're they're headphones that are literally made out of bullet casings. So like they look like nine millimeter bullets, and with the earpiece on, it actually looks like a hollow tip bullet. So it's really cool looking, and they sound incredible. Like I can't wait to use them more. I just got them yesterday. Anyway. That definitely sounds like something you should wear in public. I uh, definitely. <laughs> I, I I think it's very. Gay. No one would look at you oddly at all. I plan on wearing them to, like, libraries with a hoodie on. Good place, good place. I know it... Keep your possibly, head down, don't talk to anyone. Possibly into... Whenever you see someone, someone's eyes, just avert them quickly. 
hide something in your jacket, it'll be awesome. That's a good call. Perhaps maybe with a ski mask? Yeah. That sounds like the I right thing. I see no problems with this. <laughs> sounds legit. <laughs> All right, so what are you guys playing? Um, right now, I'm actually in the middle of uh, The Witcher number two. Great. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I'm really enjoying it. Are you, are you doing it on PC or on the Xbox? Xbox. How does that play on the Xbox? Um, it plays well. Unfortunately, there's a... Since, you know, of course, there's a limited amount of buttons, you have to map right. the different buttons every time you want to change the spells, but it does the, the ratchet and clank thing where it freezes, so you can be like, okay, I feel like having right. you know, a fire spell on uh, this button and then a trap on this other button. Then it unfreezes like and you go and do out your business. It's, it's kind of clunky, but I'm still really enjoying it. I'm also um, getting prepared for Diablo 3 in a couple weeks, and I'm also still in the middle of uh, Twisted Metal, which I'm enjoying to death. And um, also, I'm still in the middle of playing Rayman Origins, because I can never get enough of that game. I have that game on multiple platforms. It's so good. Nice. And um, that's that's it. That's at the moment. I'm actually also playing Tales of Vesperia, Star Ocean, and uh, I bought another RPG. It escapes me at the moment. Oh, yeah, Lost Odyssey, which I haven't started playing yet. I was being on, I'm on a big RPG thing right now. Throwback RPGs. Those have been out for a while. Yeah, yeah, they're cheap. That reminds me. I need to go back to Final Fantasy XIII 2. Maybe one day. Hopefully. <laughs> Andrew, what are you playing? I, I bought the, um, whatever that is it Xenoblade Chronicles? Is that the one on the Wii, the new one? I, yeah. Can't keep, I can't keep all the Xenos straight. I've been trying to play it, although it's just so hard to stare at a Wii game <laughs> and not think, oh, this looks awful. But for a really boring genre, it seems like it's going to be a really great game. It's not quite as passive as most JRPGs are. It's just been really hard to get into. Um I've also been trying to play Legend of Grimrock on the PC, kind of that old-school um, first-person dungeon-crawling game. I've got about six or seven hours into it, but I played on hard, and perhaps I shouldn't have because it's hard. Um, <laughs> it no, be. imagine that. A game on hard is actually hard. Lies. I'm not, what, used, really I'm not used to that. super easy. That's what they really meant. Yeah, I've got to play that more. Maybe trying to work a review for that game, but then also, like everyone else, preparing for the uh, social destroyer that is going to be Diablo 3, so that should be good. So it definitely sounds like like everybody's ready to uh, have their soul consumed by Diablo 3 come May 15th. Ready to lose my job, put my relationship at risk, all that good stuff. Fuck it, call into work dead, I gotta play Diablo. I hear ya. That's, I mean, that's definitely what I plan to do. I'm going to just take some time and be like, all right, I, I have to clear minions because it's just what I have to do. And uh, job be damned. <laughs> because they'll get over it, right? Yeah. Although I'm not going to make the mistake I made in the past with big releases. I'm not going to do that when the game's released because God knows what kind of bottleneck there's going to be just trying to get to the login servers that day. Yeah, it's, I think I'll give it's it about a week. I don't know. You know, the beta's been pretty smooth, though, so I don't know. I think they'll I think they'll have it all ironed out. I mean, a company like Blizzard, they've got enough money they should be able to, to have it ready you to go. Should, yeah. Ready for prime time, so to speak. I'll send in my blood golem to work for me. Let's see there you go. I play. That exists, right? 
Diablo is real yes. life, isn't it? Totally. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Just want to make sure. I usually fly to work with Tyrael wings. You know, <laughs> that's how we do things. Those his wings freak me out. It's like, is he an octopus or something? Are those? Can he like climb walls with those things? They are so just like, ugh. And they're not sure if he was an angel or if he's just a, a random Doctor Octopus spawn. Yeah. <laughs> a cross between the both. So speaking of Diablo three, we have this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful giveaway on the site. Um, it ends Tuesday, which hopefully this will get put on the website before Tuesday, so that it doesn't sound like we're plugging something that's already old news. But we'll be giving these away, and um, it's a headset, and it's a mouse, and it's a mouse pad. These were all provided to us by SteelSeries because they want you to play the shit out of some Diablo 3. I'd love for you to play the shit out of some Diablo 3, as would all the other guys on the Gaming Ogre staff. They would love for you to play the absolute hell out of some Diablo 3. So... Go to site, enter in. It's really easy to do. There's a little raffle copter thing there. All you do is just click and follow the instructions, and booyah, you're in. And uh, hopefully, come Tuesday, you'll get selected, and I'll be sending you about $200 worth of gaming stuff. You'll be ready to go for the 15th, and your world will be infinitely greater. So get on that. Okay, so that said... Um, what else we got going on? Want to talk more uh, about Diablo three, about what classes are going to be or whatever? <laughs> this is going to turn into a Diablo three podcast. <laughs> I don't know. If there's I, uh, any question about that? Obviously, we're all going to be monks. Dude, <laughs> I mean, that, that's just what I assumed. I, I do played, like the I do like the male monk's beard. I played a good bit of the of the beta in the couple months that I had it. I wasn't crazy about the monk class. It felt fairly iffy to me. I liked the I liked the witch hunter a lot, and I liked the demon hunter a lot, or whatever the witch doctor and demon hunter. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, I liked those. I I didn't like the pl- the frog thing that the, that the witch doctor had. The, the frog. The, that's great. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of like a cool gimmick, but it seemed almost more of a joke than like something you would actually use. So it's like, I'm not sure, and I hope that they finish tweaking out the, the skills and whatnot so that they're ready to go by launch, because I, I gotta tell you, just maybe it maybe once you get like level 40 and you, you, know, you, st- you get all your stuff and it feels a lot better, but I wasn't really that impressed by his power, although he was, was kind of fun to play. But I am looking forward to playing the, uh, the, the Demon Hunter. I think they, those looked really badass, um, and I can Demon imagine... It looks fantastic, those traps and uh, her dual-wielding of crossbows... Fantastic. Yes. I don't know, even though I don't know how she reloads, but that's okay. Logic gets thrown out the window when it comes to Diablo. There's yeah. no logic in Diablo. Everyone, like the monk, you, you equip all these awesome weapons, and then you still just punch things in the face. Because <laughs> he's a boss. Like, who like cares that? about this flaming sword that I have? He hides it in his ponytail. <laughs> that said, um, I feel like that we have way too many segues here. It's like this. It's like we're not going places. I feel like there's just so no, much good. dead air. Sounds professional. <laughs> right. It's obvious that we've really practiced and rehearsed this to get it down. <laughs> hey, it's our first one. They'll they'll forgive us. Right, listeners? You forgive us? Right? I hope they forgive us. God <laughs> knows we need them to forgive us. Maybe we, can, maybe we can cry about it on Twitter or something and maybe they'll say, yes, it's okay that you sucked, but we'll listen again and Hopefully next time you won't suck. Or maybe we'll just start listening to tell you how bad you suck. 
In which case, I'm okay with that. As long as you're listening, I don't really care if you hate us or not. Hurrah. You have an audience full of masochists. That's because, okay with me. because we love you, listeners. What do you expect? We write, we write reviews about fucking about Dark Souls, and we talk about Dark Souls like it's the best thing that ever happened. We um, gotta have... We have not like it is, it, it is the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> we have to Let's have a crowd straight. full of sadists and full of masochists that both enjoy and hate pain. We love it. They have to. They have to enjoy this. So as painful as this is to listen to for them, it's got to get better, right? They have nowhere to go but up, boys. <laughs> Starting at the bottom of the bargain basement. Here we, we are. Start, we started. We started at uh, racism on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Led into Diablo three and calling into work, which we just admitted it on air. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because sure someone I work with is going to listen to this. <laughs> oh God. You never know. You never know. Just my, my luck. Boss, my boss is suddenly going to be interested in what I do for on the side. Hey, can I listen to your site's podcast? No. No, absolutely not. You cannot listen to that. Um, by the way, I have a, do- a doctor's appointment next yeah. week. Just, you know, FYI. Cough, cough, wheeze, wheeze. <laughs> Snort AIDS. There it is. <laughs> wow. And that's what happened right there. <laughs> Okay, so enough about Diablo 3. As, as, as excited as we are about that, there will be future podcasts, hopefully, and we can go on and on and on about more Diablo very soon. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about some other things that we've, we've kind of been kicking around here. I want to, get, I want to give Andrew a, t- a minute to talk about the, um, the thing we were talking about before we started recording, actually. He brought up uh, some pretty good interesting points about mini-maps and how they seem to fail in console games. So... Can you please go into the more... The map My favorite thing, apparently, now. Yes. As we were talking about earlier when we should have been recording, I was <laughs> talking about how I was revisiting Fable 2, and there was no mini-map because the developer decided, hey, people are staring at the mini-maps. We shouldn't let them do that. We should instead have them stare at their inventory screen with a less functional map. And then I've been playing the original Borderlands again, and they thought the same thing. Hey, let's not have someone have a mini-map where they can navigate easily. Let's have them stare at an inventory screen. And then I played the new Borderlands at uh, PAX, and they had a mini-map, and the game was infinitely better. So my thought was, why isn't there a mini-map in every game? It just seems to make so much more sense that if you're going to have a large world, which all these new games have these big, expansive worlds, let us navigate them. Forget, you know the immersion that the developers feel that it, it lacks if you don't have a mini-map just makes games so much easier if you actually know where you're going without having to stare at a static screen. I'm done ranting. I'm actually, I'm actually pulling for a major map where you only see a map and that's it. You have to pause <laughs> the game to actually see what the game world looks like. You have to pause that's the what, game to play. That's, the game that's what I'm map. looking for. I want, I want the game screen to be in the bottom right-hand corner and just have a huge map I want it to be called Scrolls, but not get sued by Bethesda. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah, no no chance. Shit, we're going to get a cease and desist after this podcast, aren't we? Ugh. So basically, you just play as a dot, and then you press start, and like the actual game with all the, the beautiful graphics pops will be like, oh, okay, that's where I am. And then you go back to the map. It's basically like playing the mini mini-map in Metal Gear. Solid. And the game is moment, actually you're a little dude in someone's inventory, and you have to hunt for the items that he needs. And then when you unpause, it goes back to staring at a map. Fantastic. I think I played that game. It was called Wizardry. Oh, God. <sighs> what a slog. 
yeah, that that thing, man. I, I don't want to bash it. I don't like bashing games, but man, if you're really into that kind of game, it's probably amazing. But if yeah, you're like most people, and you're not. It's horrible. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I like. I have some friends who are really into it, and they were telling me like they were like, "Dude, it's so good. You just got to give it a chance. You got to give it a chance. It's not very easy." And I, I played so much time. I, I gave it I gave it a fair shake when I reviewed it. I mean, I, I, and I, I went to their houses and I you know I saw their save files and they were much further. And I watched them play a lot of it. And it you know it, it did more for for me watching them play it than it did for me actually playing it myself because I was constantly getting lost in these dungeons. And I was watching my friend like literally sketch out a dungeon on a piece of paper because that game is so hard. I was like, dude, that's way too much involvement for me. I don't, I don't have that kind of patience to like sit down and like literally sketch out a dungeon as I crawl through it. That's that's why I need these mini maps. I need them in my life. I remember I found my brother playing some old RPGs in the Tandy years ago, and he just had this stack of graph paper just filled out. I, I think it was like one of the old Bard Tales games or something like that, and he had a stack of just dungeons all mapped out. I tried playing the game without him. And it's impossible. You had to map it out because the game gave you no direction. I would play the games and I would just pick a direction and just walk and just whatever happened, happened. I'm just going to go in a straight line. Otherwise, I'm going to get lost. So I, now that we have maps, are people just that masochistic that they want games that take that away and that they just get totally lost? I, I don't I get think much so. enjoyment out of that. I think people are just into that, like... I think people like that just just so they can say they're playing like an, a retro feel game. It's like the same people who go back and they're like, "I really love, I really love all these games that look like you know 16-bit Super Nintendo games like Fez." People are like, "This game is amazing," and it, to me, it looks like some shit that you would get for free out of like a Cracker Jack box. Go figure. I don't mind games that look like that look like Fez, but at least have some sort of you know have taken modern mechanics and made it better. Some people just seem to be stuck on, the, on this notion that old games were better, and so they want games that look like that and still play like that, which is just boring most of the time. Yeah, have you guys ever played 3D Dot Heroes? I think that game actually take, took what was good about you know the past generation and in, included elements of modern RPGs, well, modern-ish RPGs, into it. Have you ever played it? I played it a little bit. I really couldn't... It didn't really grab me that much. I, I think it was... It was good for what it was, mm-hmm. but I think especially in the beginning, the gameplay was still basic, like you know the original Zelda would have been, and it just really couldn't hold my attention. <laughs> yeah, I like that it's full of like Easter eggs. There's like a there's a From Software room you can find pretty early in the game, where they tell you a whole bunch of like stuff from Demon Souls. I thought that was a pretty cool little nod. Yeah. Like you can walk up to like a hole and it says like it's safe here. It has the little thing on the floor. Yeah, never that. I kind of I laughed at that pretty good, but and I thought it was really funny. Like you could max out your sword, and you could get the big, you know, the the big epic sword that goes all the way across the, the damn screen. screen. Yeah, yeah. And I thought there's I thought there were some pretty cool ideas in there, but yeah, I it's like Andrew said to me that game didn't it never really did grab me either, and as much as I wanted to like it, every time I went back to it, like 15 minutes later, I'd just be like, yeah, I'm done with this. I'm already I just I'll try it again later. And that's sad because those games are, you know, and those those RPG games are, are worth it in their own rights, I guess. But I just they're not they're not for me. And it's like, you know, we I mentioned Fez kind of as a almost as a one off, and it's it's I guess it's not really fair to to diss that game because I don't know anything about it. I haven't played it. 
other than hearing that it's, you know, super duper amazing. But those games don't do much for me. Like, I like the idea of playing with the realm of 3D in the 2D realm and being able to rotate your universe and whatnot. But I also hear that it's got terrible controls and that people who, if you're not one of those people that really likes those artistic games like Braid, it does nothing for you. And I, I, I played Braid and I found Braid to be incredibly, incredibly boring and incredibly... Uh, self-indulgent like it just to me it felt like <clears throat> i made this game for me and if you like it then fuck you <laughs> i don't know that's me though no i never played braid andrew did you play braid i played it a little bit it was the same thing though like it did feel pretty self-indulgent and i i mean i guess if you really like puzzle games you could get into it because it had a cool puzzle mechanic where it was Everything was based on rewinding time, but after the first couple of puzzles, I just kind of felt like it was trying too hard. Yeah, <laughs> but like that's—I think especially if it's an art- like with these artistic games, I want an artistic game that's like Journey is, where it kind of just revels in the artistry of it and not just use it as like kind of this layer or this smokescreen over something else. Journey just is a full-on artistic game. Braid tried to be in its graphic styling a little bit, but it's really just a puzzle game at the core, and if you don't like the puzzle mechanics, you're just not going to like the game. I think I think all those games kind of have that, they have that self-relation. Like, you know, when you play, when you play Limbo, like Limbo is a very bland, very color-deprived very dark and fairly boring side-scroller action game. It doesn't really tell you what to do. It doesn't really give you many hints, and a lot of times you don't notice things until way, way later. And I get I, I get where they're going with these things, but I think you just kind of have to like other games that have been in that in that vein in order for it to hit you. Like right. For me, I think if I hadn't have been a fan of Flow and Flower, I probably wouldn't have cared as much for Journey as I did. Like I liked right. Journey a lot, but I think I think again is because I enjoyed their previous works. Like I really enjoyed Flower. I thought Flower was relaxing, but it also told a cool story without ever actually having to say a word. And Journey does the same thing. Journey tells a really cool story, and I really I, I even I wrote it in my review, and I'll say it again. You know, I still don't think that there's anybody right now who does environmental immersion the way that that game company does. And if those guys ever get their hands on a full-on real title, it'll be very interesting to see if they can translate that 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 level of depth and immersion to a full title. I don't think you're getting as many people that are willing to pour so much effort into you know sixty to ninety minute games either. I mean, Journey works because it's a really tight experience, and they've got some clout to be able to sell a game that's you know that short for fifteen bucks. But I don't think most companies would a be able to pull it off and b want to put resources into something that's going to be so short. There seems there's a lot more focus on artificial inflation of time of uh, gameplay time. I don't know. I don't. You know, there are some companies though that don't mind giving you a two hour campaign. I mean, <laughs> look at Black Ops. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah, yeah. these those Call of Duty games they have very little content for for the for the single player mode. It's very very short. And granted, those kind of games are, you know, it's obvious those games are, are selling for the multiplayer aspects. Why not just make those games multiplayer only? I mean, let's be for real. They're very 
I would say that there's probably maybe 20% of the crowd that really likes those shooters that really enjoys that story of, you know, about what's going on and really cares about what happens to those guys. Like yeah. I remember reading the, I remember reading the, I think it was a Raptor stats. They were saying that like something like only 23% or something of users. I don't know. I'd have to fact check on it, but there weren't very many percentage of users who had played the entire campaign in Black Ops or in Modern Warfare 3, yet they had spent two, three, four hundred hours playing the game. It's like, why even bother, I mean, honestly, why even bother putting that in to your game if nobody's going to pay any attention to it? Well, they are releasing a multiplayer-only Call of Duty. Isn't that what uh, Elite is? Well, Elite is a subscription-based tracking system. It's like uh, it's like Halo had with Waypoint. <clears throat> it basically just... It basically just tracks all their stats, and they pay they pay for the Call of Duty service to constantly give them on demand access to their kills versus deaths, and their like their all their in game stats. And then you also get like you also get some exclusives that belong to the Call of Duty Elite service. Like you get you get access to buy the DLC maps before everybody else, and sometimes there are free DLC maps and whatnot. I mean, it's it's a cool idea, but it's a completely different it's a completely different thing than what you're thinking about. Oh, uh, I I stay far far away from anything Call of Duty related. To be honest, hmm. I I like them. I'm not very good at them, but I like them. I just I don't I don't get sucked into shooters like everybody else does. Like you know, like I played Battlefield Three and I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I just didn't feel compelled to put eighty to hundred plus hours into grinding with people who online are they're pros at it. They play it. Nonstop, twenty four seven. There are a hundred million people running hackbots and all this stuff that the Xbox servers can't keep up with. You know they they're you know it's like why play why even bother playing this game? I'm gonna get on, I'm gonna go online. Somebody's gonna call me some sort of racist or homophobic term, and then they're going to tell me about the things that they've done that penetrated one of my family members. And it's just it, it's just way it's like paying sixty bucks to be sexually, verbally, and physically harassed. You know, I just I have a really hard time getting behind that. It's like honestly, that happened to me when I played Mass Effect Three online for the first time ever. I still haven't even played the online of that yet because every time I try to join it, because I've not played it, I join a lobby and they kick me out for being low level. <laughs> I've still never really actually matters, even yeah. joined one. It's terrible, right? You can't even. I couldn't even find a match. Like every single time I've tried to connect to the to the multiplayer, it never fails. If I join a lobby, I immediately get booted before being level one. Like everybody on there is like level eighty or whatever, and I'm level one. And it's like, hey guys, I really want to play too. Boot! You've been kicked back to the stupid screen. Are you kidding me? Like, why is there know. not a a noob? like a noob-friendly room or something, why isn't there somewhere where everybody gets an equal chance to play? What are you playing it on? Uh, I was playing on 360. Because I know there are uh, organized, like, levels. Like, there's, like, a silver and a bronze and a gold. So I know if you select, like, bronze, that's just where all the low-level people go. So maybe you accidentally selected, like, gold or silver. Cause no, I, I, just, I literally clicked just find quick match. That's why, oh. probably. 
I was just like, give me something. Like, I just want to check this out and uh, Cause, fail. Because <laughs> the first time I played, I was uh, I was completely new, and I got to like with two level seventeen characters, and we played the whole thing. But they were just talking trash the entire time because I had never played it online ever. And they were like, "What are you doing? What the fuck are you? What's wrong with you? Why are you? Why are you a vanguard? That's just so stupid." And I was like, <laughs> "I just want to play the game." I'm just Come trying on. to shoot stuff. I just want to help you. I just want to help you, Lions. I mean, <laughs> right. but uh, yeah. With that said, we beat all ten rounds, and I got to level seven in oh, after one match. <laughs> well, that's good, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I I haven't had the patience to go back and try it again. And honestly, there's been so much other stuff come out. And then with all the with all the controversy around Mass Effect's ending, I just I never did go back to it. Yeah, after I after I beat it, I I'm just not going to play any Mass Effect related things for probably a solid couple months, maybe until that DLC comes out. But even then, I might just give it some more time because I'm still healing. And I'll say everybody that I know that's that's played it said like this ending is really not all that bad. And I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't know what it is because I, I hated the in- I hated the way Mass Effect Two ended. I thought it had a really gimmicky, shitty ending uh, with the the big ass Terminator boss. I was like, dude, this is this is the fucking metal boss from Contra from uh, Contra Three. Uh-huh. I was like, are you kidding me? What's <laughs> going on here? And uh, I was just like, dude, I, I can't, I can't even roll with this. Like, I'm not excited. I wasn't excited about Mass Effect Three, but I, I bought it on launch day because I'm a sucker, <laughs> and because shut up Bioware and take my money. That's pretty much it. Yeah, um, I wasn't happy with the ending, but I got over it quickly afterwards because I was just like, well, whatever. It's their property. Let them do whatever they want with it. Also, because I played Journey immediately afterwards, and that, that makes me feel better. And then I was just like, you know what? After beating it. I was like, you know what? All is good with the world because Journey is amazing, and everything that made me angry prior is gone now. So thanks, Journey, for for curing my anger towards Mass Effect Three. I think the problem with Mass Effect Three, and I I did the review for it, and I think I mentioned this, is that people expected some sort of epic narrative, and then along with that, some epic narrative conclusion, and it's just it's an ending to a video game. It's it's nothing special. It's got a lot of potholes in it, but it's pretty much how any video game that focuses on story ends. It's pretty low quality, but it's it's serviceable. It's it's whatever. I think people were expecting way too much. It's basically. I think people were angry because uh, I was going to say Bethesda because Bioware had promised so much more than just what they delivered, and I think that's the reason why most people are angry. But I don't know. If you look at their track record recently, especially when it comes to story stuff, it's uh, been pretty terrible. Like. Dragon, Dragon Age 2 was was <laughs> I think I did the review for that one too is is horrible appalling how bad it's it horrible. is horrible <laughs> it's horrible I I spent a ridiculous amount of time in Dragon Age Origins I played it on PS3 I got I bought all the DLC I fucking I still have 100% in that game I I got all the trophies I did everything that you could possibly do for that game I loved it so when Dragon Age 2 came out I pre-ordered the signature edition of Dragon Age 2 the day after E3 when they announced it I was like, I have to have this right now. And I went and got it, and I, I could not have been more disappointed. And I think it's because, A, I was really invested in the characters, and a lot of the characters come back, and the, some of the, even some of the characters, when they came back, it's just like, what? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, that one guy, um, I can't even remember what his name is now, but he's, he's a fairly worthless character that you get in, in uh, Dragon Age 1. He's like a mage. And he's a shitty healer if you use him like the way the computer wants you to use him or whatever, like the automatic spec. And 
he has a very very lackluster very minimal role in the first game and then like all of a sudden he comes back in the second game and he's got like this new attitude and he's like a total douchebag and apparently he's a lot stronger and a lot more important all of a sudden and it's like i remember this guy being forgettable and somewhat worthless like i remember him being less of a threat than the guy who runs around and screams enchantment every 10 seconds and it's like why why would you bring this into this sequel and you're not even going to let me have my my original gray warden you're going to make me follow this new guy you're going to change all the combat and you're basically just going to clusterfuck my new game the least you can do is let me have the continuity from going to, from you know from going from this first game to the second game at least make me feel like that there's a reason why I cleared this first game and kept that save file and that's like that's that's part of my problem and why I wasn't so excited about Mass Effect 3 is because I felt like that none of the shit that I did in Mass Effect 1 did anything in Mass Effect 2 like they said oh your your decisions are going the only decision that even mattered was whether or not I killed Caden or if I, if I killed Ashley. That was the only thing that even mattered, so I was like, why would I even get excited about these games? And I was right with Ma- with Dragon Age, and from what I can tell, I was right about Mass Effect 3 too, so it's like, I don't I don't know why they do that. Like, it's just, people, I think that's why people get so excited about these things, and why they get so upset about the Mass Effect ending, is because they get so emotionally invested in these characters, and they get, you know, they they want to see these things unfold like a movie. Like, Mass Effect 1 has that, crazy good twist ending that you don't see coming and it's like when it happens it's like holy shit that happened wow that's that's incredible like nobody liked mass effect one's gameplay like the bullets and the shooting and you could only shoot well whenever you leveled up your skill in certain guns everybody hated that it was terrible but mass effect one is beloved for that because of that story because of that experience and Mass Effect 2 is beloved because of the Gears of War-style combat. So it's like, at least with Mass Effect 3, you expected them to wrap the story up with a really, you know, with a really strong building story and just give it this amazing sense of closure at the end. Like, they almost look at these games like cinematic experiences, at least I do. I look at these games like, you know, the same as I would a, three, a three-part movie series. Like, I, looked at, I want to look at Dragon Age like the way that I looked at Lord of the Rings, and when I couldn't do that, that killed every bit of momentum I had going into those games. I really wish I would have killed Caden. He's a really whiny baby in number three. I killed the shit out of him in the first one, so if, yeah, he, I did too. if he exists in my game... I don't know what I was thinking. Happened. Yeah, what were you thinking? I don't know. How could you not save the hot chick and leave the... And, and leave the I don't know what I was thinking. It was four well, years was ago. Well, kind of a racist back then, so I don't really blame you. But I, at the same time, I really kind of do. I would blame you. I would blame you just because, like, you're the reason that Ashley's not here anymore. What's wrong with Stupid you? You're decision. doing your life wrong. I'm going to say that what happened was that somebody somebody came through your living room and you went to the restroom and they made that choice for you. <laughs> I'm going to, yes, if anyone asks, that's what I'm going to say. I think that's I, I much Grunt better. alive, though, because who would well, kill Grunt? Well, Grunt is amazing. And it's awesome. like... If I can't have Rex, at least I can have Grunt, right? Just saying. Uh, but if he killed Rex the in Mass Effect 1, you got Reeve instead, and Reeve's kind of a pain in the ass. See, I definitely didn't kill Rex, because he was a badass. Yeah, no, like, you, I, uh... If you kill Rex, you get his brother, Reeve, and Reeve's kind of a whiny... He's basically like a Krogan Caden. 
Because he's oh, really God. whiny. Oh, and God. Really complains a lot about, you know, tradition. And, yeah, he's he's a pain. Rex is so much cooler. I know I was pretty That's excited. That's like, I played. I remember, That's like, being rule. Any character starts to be whiny, if he's a chance to kill him, he's dead. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's why I killed Caden, because he cried the whole fucking game. But it's like, I was really excited in Mass Effect 2 when I got to the I got to where the Krogans were, and Rex was, like, their king. And I was like, yes! This is exactly the kind of what I wanted. This is the continuity that I was looking for. And that's about the only thing that mattered. Just yep. whoever you left alive from the first game was the only thing that mattered. I don't, you know, I don't know if I don't know if your choices from Mass Effect Two matter really in Mass Effect Three, but I bet they don't. There were and, a couple. There were a couple of major choices. Well, in the first one, uh, what you do with the Ragnite Queen comes back not in number two, but in number three, and and in number two, actually, yeah, number two too. Actually, in number three, I don't remember. Uh, yet you see the Ragnite Queen, and uh, you know it's in number three where you see the Ragnite Queen and um, you release her, and she helps you fight the Reapers later, even though you never see it. If I recall. That's the dumb part about number three, though, is any choices you make to help towards the end game, like when you free the Ragnite Queen, it's just like a little number bump yeah. on the stat bar. It I, doesn't do I, anything. I really kind of wanted at the end that final battle when you're charging towards a Harbinger. Like, you see the Geth soldiers, you see the Krogans, you see all these allies that you gain during the game. I want to see the fucking Ragnite Queen just go and, you know, fight that giant walking laser reaper thingy. But no, we got he didn't get any of that. And you know why they didn't? You know why none of that stuff's in there? It's because it gives you if you didn't play the other two games and you just come into Mass Effect Three brand new, they just they left it all out so that way it doesn't matter. You can just make your yes or no choices and go on. And that sucks. For, and see, that's that's what sucks for the people who are fans from the other games is it makes you feel like that all that all that that loyalty for staying with the game and, and keeping your save files for years between games is really pointless because. Who cares? Like, I, I lost my... I actually lost my Mass Effect 2 save file. So, like, I, I had to start Mass Effect 3 brand new. Oh, with, God, I am so no sorry. Previous, yeah, with no previous save. And the first thing it does is, like, it asks you, um, would you, would you rather have a strong a strong female fighter like Ashley, or would you rather have a pussy like Caden? So, of course, I immediately chose <laughs> destroy the pussy at every, at every, you know, possible interval. And uh, I definitely chose Ashley. And it made, you know, I was like, okay, well, at least maybe it's not all lost. But it, it just asks you a bunch of simple questions like that. like, and, and to dismiss major story elements from the first two games in a simple this or this, this or that, this or this or this or that, it really just just feels very degrading to the entire experience. Oh, they expect you to play number two. My friend started a... Uh... My friend wanted to play, because she plays as male Shepherd. She wants to play as a female Shepherd in Mass Effect 3. So she started her game, and she told me some of the, some of the, her plot elements and, like, who died and so on. And I was like, oh, my God, no, that is tragic. She told right. me her, her, did Tali kill herself in your game? I didn't get that far yet. Oh, well. Like, I literally only played, like, enough to meet James, and then I was like, I'm going to play something else. Oh, spoiler alert, Tali kills herself in your game. Great. Not in my game. In uh, in John's game, Wish that's that's built. terrible because yeah, I like dude. Tally's probably my favorite of the chicks, and that well, sucks. Well, enjoy. So her, I'm just gonna enjoy I'm just her gonna death. Take this game and throw it away. <laughs> like that's and that's I'm 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 that emotionally connected to that character that I, she's she was my favorite of the females. Like I couldn't stand Miranda at all, and I always took Tally with me. Like when I went on missions, yeah, Tally's awesome. Her. 
Well, it'll give you a reason to go back and play Mass Effect 2 again. <sighs> no thanks. <laughs> I once was enough. Like, I, I, I finished that game, and I think I have something like 800 achievement out of it, and it's because I didn't want to play it again. Like, I started it on, on Insane, and was just like, uh, if I'm going to play Gears of War, I'd rather just play Gears of War. I just, nah, once was enough. I think that's the other thing with those games. I never felt compelled to replay any of them. Yeah, those. Uh, that's the. I'm, I'm glad that in Mass Effect Three it lets you start on Insane if you want. You don't have to. It doesn't require that second playthrough again, which is really cool. That because God knows they needed to do that from the beginning. Because like you said, I don't want to play that game. Like I play those games once and I'm done. Like that's enough. Dragon Age is the same way. Like I wouldn't have wanted to play Dragon Age from the start again. Like once was enough. I don't blame you, but I played Mass Effect 2 twice because uh, the first time I didn't get a perfect playthrough and like half my crew died. Like not my not the main characters, but when they're kidnapped by the collectors, I got there too late, so I saw like uh, Miss Chambers melt, and that kind of bothered me. So I played it again just to save those guys, <laughs> and then it, it didn't end up ma- it didn't end up mattering because it doesn't matter Chambers, at all. Yeah, Chambers got killed in Mass Effect 3, but you can save her. But I'm not gonna replay because I I I'm just I put it in the corner. Well, it's like I was watching my buddy. I was watching my buddy finish his Mass Effect Two game, and he got to the part. He got to the end, like where you, you know, where you choose your squads and you, 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 you know, you choose who's going to lead what, and like you choose who's going to escort and all that shit. And it's like, how did you not know who to pick for the right for the right options? I mean, it was obvious who goes where, you know? Yeah, because like, like I watched, I watched like Morden die in his game, and I watched, I think Grunt died in his game, and I was like, how did you not? How did you not know that Grunt was the one for the escort mission? Like, we how need, was that not obvious? We need a, uh, a biotics specialist. All right, Tali, go for it. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I do not know we, what these... I do not have any biotics. Why are you asking me to do it? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that, there's that racism from earlier. No, um, but... Hey, that was Russian this time. <laughs> Indeed. But yeah, it's like... It's like, okay, we need a strong soldier who's going to be able to... Yeah, why don't I send Morden? I'm going to send that guy who has, like, tech abilities and takes about three hits before he dies. Yeah, that's perfect. I'm going to send that guy. We need a stealth person? Grunt, go for it. Okay. I need a powerful biotic to be able to hold the shield up so we can walk through these mosquito-looking things. Um, I'm going to take Ashley. That sounds like a terrific idea. It's just, I mean, it was obvious who to take. I want Kelly Chambers to do this part for me. <laughs> I got a I toaster. I want Joker to help me with this combat. Come on, Joker, let's go. <laughs> and I, so, th- I mean, I think this is going back to what Andrew said, you know, that people may have expected too much. I think people expected too much from that game because the characters are so strong. You know, they're they're so well-written it's like honestly, where could you go with them? You know, you just you don't know where else to go with them. You get to a certain point, and it's just like, okay, no matter what happens with this character, it's never going to feel as satisfying as it already has. I think that's what I think that's the biggest problem with that game, and I think that's why it's so straight. It, it's so weirdly accepted. I'm sure that I'm sure that they're going to re-release an ending for Mass Effect 3 and it's probably going to be a happy ending and you know everybody's going to be like wow that's perfect but uh, like I had the same problem with the way Uncharted 3 ends you know I was like what the fuck is this 
I had the exact Uncharted three had such a had such a cop out. Yeah, that was really good. Uncharted Uncharted one and two are amazing. They're two of the best games, in my opinion, that have ever been released. And so for Uncharted three to be just kick ass all the way through, then you get like then you get to the end where you have this really cool looking city that's just dying to be explored. You get twenty minutes in the city and then the and then the damn game's over. And you get this cop out horse shit suddenly Drake and Elena got married or are planning to get married at some point. I'm still not even sure what the what that was about. But it's just like you castrated Nathan Drake. You just took away everything that was that made Nathan Drake Nathan Drake right there in, in, in a five minute cinematic. Like, thanks for making me waste, you know, 30 hours playing the, the, the other games. It's I appreciate that. You just killed everything that was cool about them. Anyways, we should probably begin wrapping this up. Yeah. Um, we kind of got off on a tangent there, so... <laughs> so no. I guess everything, everything, that we, everything that we had that we were going to do, um, maybe we'll talk about it in, in the upcoming weeks. So, uh, listeners, uh, give us some feedback, what you liked, what you didn't like, if you hated me personally, uh, go ahead and tell me. That's absolutely fine. (laughs) Uh, Tell us what you want us to talk about, what uh, what you're looking forward to, your opinions on on, uh, Mass Effect 3 and uh, UIs and old school games looking like new school games and whatever else we talked about. I don't remember. Yay, Tangent. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Ooh. Ooh. All right, let's go, uh, let's go get some sombreros and uh, get pissed drunk. <laughs> Words. And, uh, sound they make. <laughs> which, which part, the sombreros or the pissed drunk? Both. Obviously, come on. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Really? All right, so... sombreros. <laughs> See. Well, I know I know. There's a lot of a lot of our listeners who may possibly own sombreros, or maybe friends with sombreros, or know a sombrero who knows a sombrero. So it's really important that you make sure that you get that voice right. So I, I appreciate the fact that you did the research to make sure that their dying scream or whatever the hell that was sounded. That's, you know, that's them celebrating. There, that's a mariachi. Also, friends with sombreros. That's like sounds like a charity. <laughs> friends, <laughs> have Sombrer- you or someone you know? Recently been displaced without a sombrero? If so, please call the number flashing at the bottom of your screen. For less than a quarter, for less than a quarter a day, you can get friends, and they can have sombreros. Like this small <laughs> child here in Africa, he doesn't have a sombrero. Our lovely gardening staff. Will be and back to that. Okay. Yeah, come <laughs> full circle. Full circle, that is. Anyways, guys, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> With that said, that's 45 minutes of your life you're never going to get back. And uh, God knows we've got to do a better job next time. But uh, till then, Jonathan, Ryan, Andrew, Gaming Ogre. See ya. Ciao. Yep. <laughs>